Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, I trust you well. Looking forward to sharing with you a few uh, thoughts and reflections today. Uh, We have become aware of some um, who are struggling um, quite badly in the current uh, shutdown situation. So uh, please, if you know of someone and uh, uh, you see that they have needs that are not... um, being taken care of or you're just very concerned about their well-being can you uh, please give us a shout so we can uh, we can follow up on that uh, okay so we began uh, a talk in in the middle of the week which I tried to keep a little shorter than we've uh, normally been doing and I titled it barbarians to bureaucrats and uh, that message in the week which you can pick up on uh, our Facebook page or on Q network or uh, on Q church media Uh, We focused on the issue of the role of purpose in our lives. And um, uh, today, though, I want to bring us to um, the subject matter of the title, which is to talk about barbarians to bureaucrats. The former American president, Theodore Roosevelt, is recorded as saying in one of his great speeches, far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in the grey twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. Uh, Some years ago, I was um, given a book uh, by a guy called Lawrence M. Miller. The name of the book is uh, Barbarians to Bureaucrats. I would not recommend that you read the book, uh, you know, without being unkind to... uh, to uh, Professor Miller. Um, It's not the best read uh, unless you're very much into business strategy and all that stuff. But um, uh, his title headings and the the central theme of the book was fascinating to me. And uh, that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. Um, His book is basically tracking what history has suggested is the life cycle of all companies and all civilizations, and I would venture to say it is a life cycle process in every individual. And he breaks it down into stages. And uh, stage one is the stage of the prophet. That's how he terms it, the stage of the prophet, which is all about beginnings and what could be. Uh, It's uh, such an essential part of the process, if, if we root everything from a sense of beginnings and, and what could be, that sets us on a, on a trajectory that has huge potential. And um, uh, the prophet, as he defines the prophet, uh, and let's call it not just a person, but, but a thing, a prophetic thing, a prophetic voice or spirit that each of us could have 
within us all be hearing and um, uh, the, the prophet uh, manifests through inspiration and innovation. That's the root of all inspiration and innovation is the prophetic voice. Uh, stage two is the stage of the barbarian. Um, and the barbarian is all about moving the mountain um, that stands in the way of progress. Casting the mountain into the sea in biblical language, having to move the, the thing that is the, is the obstacle to your progress. That's the barbarian. That's the barbarian spirit. Uh, the barbarian is the champion of change. And when the barbarian is at work, change becomes a, um, a, a, an accepted part of the way that we live and how we approach life. And the barbarian produces crisis and moves for conquest. Again, let me say, I'm not just talking about the barbarian as a person, but the barbarian spirit also that needs to reside and should reside and does reside, I believe, inside of every one of us. But that spirit produces crisis. We don't like crisis, do we? But barbarianism, the barbarian spirit always produces crisis. But in the absence of crisis, there will never be any meaningful change in any of our lives. And I think if you look at your own life and uh, history, you will see that that is true. So the barbarian produces crisis. It's a deliberate act and and moves for conquest. He's always moving to obtain the outcome to the crisis that has moved the mountain so that that which is inspiration and innovation can become a manifest reality. And then stage three is the stage of the, what, what Miller calls the builder and explorer. The builder and explorer is the person who takes this stuff, this inspiration, this innovation, this crisis, this conquest, um, and begins within it to specialise on the different elements and areas uh, that it has created and brought about and, um, and works to expand those places of triumph, those, those, those um, possessed areas, works to expand them so that the whole life is able to ooze with the practical outworking and benefit of what came through the inspiration and innovation and the crisis and the conquest. And now it is specialised and expanded. Um, I call these three, the prophet, the barbarian, the builder, explorer, the holy trinity of progress. Uh, and you'll see why I say that in a minute and then why I'm paralysing it at paralysing. Excuse me. Why I'm paralleling it, paralysing, why I'm paralleling it uh, with with the idea of the Holy Trinity in um, in Scripture and um, and in in uh, in Christianity, uh, because when we get to stage four, um, Miller calls stage four the stage of the administrator. Now, administration is good, and those of you who are administrators out there, you're wonderful. We love you. You're amazing. Um, but to the administrator, order is king. And the administrator is all about systems and structure and security. So we've come from this, this, this expression of inspiration and innovation, the crisis produced by the barbarian beyond that, the conquest that's been set out to accomplish, um, to specialising and expanding that, 
Uh, and now we come to where there is a pressure for order to the extent where we now put in place or want to put in place. And remember, I'm not just talking about a person in an organization. There's something within us that is the administrator that is all about systems and structure and security, getting it all buttoned down uh, so that we know what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be doing it, when we're supposed to be doing it, what to expect from what we're doing, and to make sure that we protect that from anything that might uh, disturb the order, because to the administrator, order is king. So if we call the first three, Prophet, Barbarian, Builder and Explorer, the Holy Trinity of Progress, I would call the, this, the administrator, the fourth man of safety. Thrown now into the mix of the Holy Trinity, the fourth man of safety. But with the order comes the risk of stagnation. So with order always comes the risk of stagnation. That's why I say this is not just about companies and business and cultures and societies. But this is also about you and about me. It's about the inner workings of our own spirit and mind and psyche. So, so the fourth man of safety, the administrator, order comes with, with, with the risk of stagnation. And the same thing happened in Christianity when we took the Trinity idea, this organic, amazing thing, Father, Son, Spirit, we're trying to give the best explanation we can about how one thing manifests in three elemental ways and how it touches all areas of life. But all of it is organic and expansive and creative and powerful and, and, um, and freedom bringing. And uh, then along comes the fourth, the fourth man of safety, the administrator, that that administrator is is when we took the trinity idea this organic flow of scripture and added the fourth man of institutionalization now i have no problem with the church as part of the whole you know through christ we have become one with the whole thing is the head we are the body all that understanding um what i do have a problem with is that mostly the church as we understand it with a small c has become institutionalized like all religious organizations and um, when you add that fourth man of institutionalization it's like suddenly this organic flow of the church's prophet barbarian builder explorer um, it suddenly becomes caught up in a way of administration that now its system structure and security have created an order that has begun to work against the organic flow of what this thing was always meant to be. Again, apply this personally, internally, as well as we taught the fourth man of institutionalization. Now, that in itself can be dangerous, but as I've said, administration is not bad. I, I am not an administrator, so it's easy for me to to have a beef with administrators, but we do need systems and structures and security, but they must never, they must never allow the risk of stagnation to become greater than the, the purpose of progress and the organic um, continuous development of what is the spirit of Christ, what is the spirit of the, the good news, um, what is the spirit of life. 
But then Miller says there is a, a fifth stage, and this is this is where our title comes from, and it's where uh, you begin to see the full uh, threat and danger of the drift that can occur corporately, organisationally, but also within how we organise our own life and thinking. And stage five is the stage of the bureaucrat. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with that word. Uh, bureaucrats uh, are the people who take ideas, who take the crisis and, and, and conquest, who take the the expansion and, and the organic nature, and then they lose it in a pile of paperwork, in endless meetings, in endless discussions, in, in lots of navel-gazing. Uh, in the same way that right at this moment, you know, we had three quarters of a million people volunteer to help the NHS. And I think there's somewhere between 12 and 20,000 so far that have been activated because the paperwork, the requirements, the essentials, the tests, and you've seen it happen in this crisis, how bureaucracy stands in the way of process and progress and um, uh, finds its validity in some ways in, be in being difficult. Um, so the bureaucrat, and think about this again, corporately, organizationally, but also personally, the bureaucrat in you, the bureaucrat in me, the bureaucrat is all about box ticking, form filling, rigid definitions. Think about this in the context of, um, of, of Christianity. Uh, required rituals. Isn't it interesting that uh, you watch a church service? What happens? We come in, we have music. It's usually pretty exciting uh, loud anthemic music and then we're going to move into some quieter music and then we're going to sing bits between the music and then when the music's done is when we're going to either take an offering or whatever and then we go to the preach and it's like it's like somehow this is the required ritual of of creating the atmosphere what some would talk about bringing the presence of God or taking us into the presence of God and uh, why I say it becomes a required ritual is because how many examples do you have of where that is not the model now that's not the only thing but it's the only thing i'll mention so bureaucrats about box ticking form filling rigid definitions required rituals concrete ceremonies specified sacrifices managed membership who's in who's out how you get in what prayer you must pray whether you have to repent for to do that you know do you have to be ritually baptized whatever all of this becomes the pressure of bureaucracy gripping the organization or gripping the life. And uh, of course, what bureaucracy also does, it creates static belief over dynamic faith. And it pr promotes static belief, a set of beliefs that cannot change, over dynamic faith, which is a moving, organic, ever-developing, ever-unfolding thing. And uh, it holds itself the tight grip of control and that's essential for bureaucracy to continue to exist in me in you in organizations in church structures in denominations it holds itself the tight grip of control and it imposes that on all within its reach 
So whether that's organizationally or personally, you know, something inside you will tell you, you have to tick this box. You, you have to comply with this requirement. You must fill in that form. You must have this definition of what salvation, heaven, hell, etc. is. You must fulfill the required rituals. You must perform concrete ceremonies. You must have specified sacrifice. You know, your membership must be managed so we know that it's the right kind of membership in the right way with the right people. Do you see, do you see how bureaucracy begins to change the whole picture, potential and possibility of the story in an organization, in a company, in a business, in a country, in a civilization and in the individual. Now we'll say this bureaucracy just happens. It is not planned nor intended. Nobody ever sets out to say, we're gonna have a bunch of bureaucrats to run this or we're gonna run this bureaucratically. It just happens, not planned, not intended. And here's how it comes. It comes when a love and desire for the security of order outweighs the tolerance for and the understanding of the role of disorder in the process of creation. That's how it comes in any situation. And progress grinds to a halt and then moves or moves so slowly, this is bureaucracy, progress grinds to a halt or moves so slowly that by the time it arrives at its intended goal, the party has moved on. Now, I, I appreciate it tends to come with time and age. The longer you're in a thing or the longer you live, the more this has potential. That's its tendency to come with time and with age, but they're not the sole arbiters, let me, let me say that. Um, but it's here in this state of the bureaucrat, wherever that is, where the prophets and barbarians become exiled and executed because the two things can't live at peace side by side. The bureaucrat cannot, cannot tolerate the barbarians and the prophets and all that. And that's when there we get a war and a problem and then find ourselves in a situation that we wish we were not in, but then don't know how we're going to get out of it. Uh, the primary characteristic of the bureaucratic and the bureaucrat spirit, it's, it, it's, it, it, it is drift. The bureaucrat, the, there is a bureaucratic drift and the primary characteristic of the bureaucratic drift is the loss of purpose. That's why I tied it to the other thing, the purpose that we held or grabbed or produced the passion in us in the beginning has now gone because that that bureaucrat approach to belief, to spirituality, to church, to, to ourselves, to God, um, to the Trinity uh, has drifted to the point where we now have lost the purpose. So a couple of definitions, then I'll, I'll wrap this up because I've gone on a couple of minutes more than I wanted. The prophet is one who sees ahead. Okay, that's a simple definition for the prophet. One who sees ahead, what not everybody can see. Potential might be there for all to see, it, but that's the prophet is one who sees ahead. The barbarian is a person who's different from the dominant class or group. That's, a, that's a one of the dictionary definitions of a barbarian, someone who's different from the dominant class or group. Barbarians stand in the face of restriction and certainty. That's what they do. And create an environment of change and uncertainty, which is essential 
but uncomfortable. Now, now, if you want to go biblical on this, Paul implores the Colossian church wrestling with the implications of embracing the Christ mystery to not be, and here I quote from Colossians, 2 chapter, uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, not be taken captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human traditions and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Paul is really saying, don't go from barbarians to bureaucrats. Now, here's an adapted statement from George Bernard Shaw that I think is very helpful in understanding the barbarian spirit that we want to set free. Reasonable people fit in with the world. Unreasonable people make their world fit in with them. Therefore, the world will never be changed by reasonable people. The world has never been changed by reasonable people and your life will never be changed by being reasonable. Bury the bureaucrat in you. Summon the inner barbarian or find one and listen. Then you will no longer see things as they are and ask why, but you will dream of things that never were and ask why not. Bless you. I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash QChurchYork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.